Well, welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Ray Hughes, and I'm going to be sharing with you today. And I'm going to be sharing with you a, a principle, or let's say it like this, a reality uh, that's voiced in the Word of God numerous times and, and uh, in numerous ways. Uh, not, not only in action and in deed, but also uh, Scripture declares that God desires to, uh, to be with us to be, uh, be among us. He wants to uh, uh, spend time with us. He wants to walk with us. Uh, he wants us to, you know, he even, he even goes far enough to say, you know, I will be your God and you will be my people and I will be in your midst. You know, numerous times it, it, the word speaks that to us. Uh, one of them is in Leviticus where it says, I will walk among you I will be your God, and you shall be my people. All along, that's been God's priority. Um, you know, there's a there's a principle in Scripture that tells us that uh, He desires us as much or more than we desire Him. And you know that God-shaped vacuum that's in us all needs to be further considered. I think you know. Uh, I know. When I first became a Christian, you know, 50, however many years ago, uh, 52 years ago now, uh, I, w I was introduced to this principle that there's a God-shaped vacuum in all of us. And since it's God-shaped, only God can fill it. But did you ever consider that there is a you-shaped vacuum in God's heart that, on that only you can fill? I mean, there is a vacuum in God's heart that is shaped exactly like me. And um, he wants that vacuum to be filled by my presence and um, my acknowledgement of him, my faith in him, my um, relationship to and with him. You know, there's a, there's a, a, a beautiful part of worship is realizing that uh, that. As he inhabits our praise, also we, he has given us the ability to inhabit his heart. And that's that when love finds love principle, which is one of the, to me, is one of the more beautiful definitions of Scripture. It's love, or definitions of worship, is love finding love. And, um, you know, there's, there's something about um, the, uh, that walking with him that causes our purpose to come into view and also come to pass. Because without that void and that vacuum in us being filled by his presence, I dare say we can never, ever fulfill the purpose for which we were created. And, uh, and of course, that purpose is certainly foundationally, it's, it's worship and it's obedience and, uh, but there's also numerous other factors that come to play when we start living out God's particular and individual purpose for each one of our lives. And uh, I, I think uh, there, are, there are, well, there's a few things. Let me just touch it like this, and let's look at our lives through this lens. Um, you know, it's, it's no secret that one of my great heroes of the kingdom was a fellow named Sam Jones, born back in 1847. 
Um, and he went on to become the most famous man in America, though fame was not his goal. Uh, what happened uh, along the way is God touched his life and awakened purpose, the purposes of God in his life, and he fulfilled them. And there are a few, there are a few key factors that I believe that need to be a part of our lives on a daily basis if we're going to fulfill those purposes. And we can all look back at our at certain heroes. I've got numerous heroes that kind of uh, remind me of the fact. And Sam Jones is one of them. You know, Charles Spurgeon and J Charles Finney. And, and you know, and we start, start down that list and it, it can get pretty broad and extensive. But just a few principles that I see that relate. I'll use Sam as an example. But just a few principles that I see that were in play in his life really spell out uh, this reality. For one, a prayer was involved. And I dare say that, um, again, we I don't know that we can fulfill our purpose in life without prayer being a part of it, because that's part of the engagement between I will be your God, you will be my people, and I will be in your midst means we're walking with, interacting uh, with that God that's in our midst. And so prayer is that language uh, that we interact uh, with him with. And um, <clears throat> prayer, an important part, prophecy really comes into play in revealing God's purposes for our lives. Um, now, I, I want to tie those two together for you real quickly. Uh, prayer uh, was not necessarily a part of of um, of Sam's um, um, message, per se. But I'll guarantee you prayer is what brought him into his call. Now, when, when Sam was five years old, he was in a little uh, hot one-room one schoolhouse down in Alabama, um, and he and it was recital day at the school, and this little five-year-old little boy with, who they said was like a circus and full of full swing. His eyes were always full of wonder. He had little, his eyes were as black as pearls, and uh, he said that his uh, his creativity was always awake and active. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he says um, that uh, on this particular day in this in this schoolhouse they were all the students were going to give their give a a, a, a poem or a or a song or a, a, they were going to recite something that was a part of the of the uh, what they did you know it was a recital every friday and they never let sammy do anything because he was only five very small for his age and um so the teacher was afraid that you know if it went wrong, it might he might suffer rejection or embarrassment or whatever. But then finally the day came when uh, the, the 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 teacher had decided, well, today will be Sammy's day. And sure enough, at the at the very last one, he stood and he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, next we have uh, Sammy Jones." And so he picked up picked Sam up. Set him, stood him up on top of the desk so that he could be seen and heard. And the little guy straightened himself and he said, Well, you'd scarce expect to find one my age standing here speaking on the stage, but in coming years and thundering tones, the whole world will hear of Sam P. Jones. And so 
What we know from that is, is he just prophesied his destiny. At five years old, well, no one could have possibly, in that room, no one could have possibly known what had really transpired. But time would tell. And sure enough, he grew up to be one of the most powerful and famous preachers, led over a million people to Jesus, some estimates are. And, um, and of course, did it begin with that prophecy? Or did it begin in the seedbed of prayer? Because he had a grandmother who all of his life, it was said of her that she, she read the Bible cover to cover 53 times while on her knees. And at every reading, she would then stop and she would uh, declare what she had been reading in prayer. She would declare that as a pronounced blessing and a promise over young Sammy's life. And they, and strangely enough, the Grandma Edwards was really the hero of prayer in this situation, and Grandma Edwards just happened to be the great great granddaughter of Jonathan Edwards, and so there was a perpetuation of prayer and promises, and prophecy, um, all of it uh, coming down through the bloodlines and through the through the covenant promises and and prayers of the, their forefathers and. There was so much in motion, but there was also so much at stake. And was it just chance that caused the little five-year-old little boy to just stand up that day and, in this <clears throat> powerful and boisterous way, prophesy his own future? And was that where, where new promises were set in motion? You know, because, you know, the promises of God always reveal and will always reveal a sense of purpose. If we can keep ourselves aligned with his promises to us, uh, the dreams of God then have uh, potential of coming to pass. And I tell people, always treat your dreams like they're promises. And if one gets broken, forgive yourself and reach back into the prophecies and reach back into the promises and reach back to that place of prayer. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon said, you know, in regards to prayer, he said, you know, I, I rarely pray for more than five minutes, but I never go five minutes without praying. So prayer is not just the discipline of a designated time every day for Bible reading and then for prayer and then for uh, whatever's next. No, prayer and, and worship as well. I mean, there are designated times that those are, are legitimately designated times, right? I understand that. But prayer and worship should all, always just be dressed in the language and the images that best sing your truest heart. He knows the truest you. And lofty pretense and, and church services and liturgy and those things, as beautiful as they can be, lofty pretenses most usually uh, void of real honest beauty, the kind of beauty that's going on deep in your heart between you and God. See, wonder and faith finds its purest notes in the simplest of prayers, the kind that are prayed about every five minutes. Just finding ways to have those conversations that that is life between the one 
who is in your midst, who is walking with you because we are because you are his people. You know, those kind of practices of acknowledging promises, prophecies, and prayer, those kind of practices will be what God uses to perpetuate what you were born to carry and the purpose that you were born to fulfill. Because your truest purpose comes into view based on your desire to pursue God. And pursuing God, it sounds like a, a, a strong action word, but pursuing God is many times just setting a tempo in your heart, a tempo in your life, and a tempo that's born out of prayer. Looking for and acknowledging every opportunity for those promises and prophecies to be reminded, you know, re reminded unto your heart, into your spirit. You know, I think we ought to uh, use or make sure we don't abuse or lose the time that we have to walk with him in this realm. <clears throat> Time's an important part of this journey. Our yesterdays, uh, see, you know, once Sam stood up and said that, well, for the rest of his life, that proclamation that they followed him, his yesterday, if you will, went with him right on into his to, into his tomorrows. See, there's something that will, uh, sacred about looking back. So I know we try, well, the past is the past. It's all behind us. It's up. No, there's something that's honestly really sacred about looking back and remembering. And I know we use the word uh, to recollect, but let's think about that. Recollect. Let's recollect and put in a collection that are a part of our life to the point that we're perpetuating those promises by recollecting them continually. See, there's something that can be really sacred about looking back at the things God has done and the things God has promised. But there's also something very beautiful about dreaming forward. And when the when the looking back and the dreaming forward find themselves in, in your now, that's when your life starts to feel like it sort of makes sense. <laughs> you know? um, here, uh, listen to this. The echoes of the slowly swept strings of the guitar sing back down through the ages. They tell of the days when harps sung in grand temples, where light was faint and incense was heavy. It was a time when unknown musicians played untamed notes and heaven listened. Did you know that we can look back at those echoes of worship and those echoes of the instruments and the echoes of the words and the sounds and, and the echoes of worship that are all through Scripture? When we look back to those, they do. They, they tell us of the days when harps sung in these grand temples and light was faint and incense was heavy. Yes, but it also, those are the very things that tell us who we are now, in our now. And so, it's important to live intentionally into the day, right into the here and now. Bring those promises and those sacred knowings forward and put them in our now to the point that, because, see, the future, our future is purchased by the actions and attitudes of the present. 
But don't forget that the real price was paid in the past. And never forget how much it cost to get here to this place where you are in the present. And it's, it is still buying our futures because we have committed ourselves to the yesterday, the today, and the tomorrow. Because God is in our midst. And He's promised, I will be your God and you will be my people. Well, hey, got to go. God bless you guys. Let today be a day of prayer and prophecy, promises. Blessings on you.